أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم سورة الصف We'll begin from ayah number 5 But before that Let's quickly review the ayah that we learned At the beginning of the surah بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم سبح لله ما في السماوات وما في الأرض وهو العزيز الحكيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا لما تقولون ما لا تفعلون Why do you say that which you do not do? Why do you say that which you do not do? Which forms can this take? Which different forms can this take? That a person says that which he does not do. That he makes a commitment, a promise with who? With people or with Allah and then he does not fulfill it. Secondly, that a person gives advice to others, he instructs others but then he doesn't do it himself. And thirdly, He says that he has done something, whereas in fact, he has not actually done it. This kind of behavior, Allah says, كَبُرَ مَقْتًا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ أَن تَقُولُوا مَا لَا تَفْعَلُونَ This is greatly hateful in the sight of Allah that you say that which you do not do. Why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hate it so much? What's the big deal? If you think about it, كَبُرَ مَقْتًا This is something greatly loathsome in the sight of Allah. Why? What's the reason behind that? Because it affects other people and it causes disunity, it causes dysfunction as well. People cannot work together, systems cannot work. What else? It promotes evil action. What else? What kind of behavior is this? It's a sign of nifaq. It is the way of who? Of the hypocrites. And the hypocrites, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes their actions as إِنَّهُمْ سَاءَ مَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ What they do is evil. So the behavior of the hypocrites is something that Allah does not like. He hates it a lot. This is why He doesn't like to see it in the believers. كَبُرَ مَقْتًا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ أَن تَقُولُوا مَا لَا تَفْعَلُونَ Because when a person is like this, he becomes untrustworthy. He becomes unreliable. In a way he is lying. In a way he is pretending. And this is something that Allah does not like. Because this is the way of who? Of the munafiqeen. We see that even in worldly terms, I mean with regards to the deen it's understood, but even with regards to the dunya we should be very careful. That for example, if a person has made a contract with a particular company, whatever contract it is, whether it is a phone thing or whatever it is, once you've signed a contract, what does it mean? That you fulfill it. Isn't it so? You abide by the terms and the conditions, the rules that you agreed that you were going to follow. Because if a person says, I agree with all the terms and conditions, you have to put that check mark before accepting. Otherwise, it won't let you accept. When you have said that you agree, then you have to abide by the rules as well. Because then it would be a discrepancy, a contradiction in words and in actions. And this is something that Allah does not like. So, كَبُرَ مَقْتًا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ أَن تَقُولُوا مَا لَا تَفْعَلُونَ What does Allah like then? إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الَّذِينَ يُقَاتِلُونَ فِي سَبِيلِهِ صَفًّا كَأَنَّهُمْ بُنْيَانٌ مَرْصُوصٌ Allah loves those people who fight in His way. Notice قِتَال especially is mentioned over here. And قِتَال is a kind of jihad. This is specifically going to battle. So who does Allah like? Those who go out in His way for battle. And how do they go out? صَفًّا in rows. 
كَأَنَّهُمْ بُنْيَانُ مَرْصُوصٌ as if they are a solid structure that is well compacted, that is compacted together. And remember the meaning of كَأَنَّهُمْ بُنْيَانُ مَرْصُوصٌ. What kind of a structure is it? That which does not have any gaps in it, first of all, no cracks in it, and secondly, it's also firm; it doesn't move. So it reflects how many meanings? Two meanings. There is a difference in these meanings. One is unity, being together, and the other is steadfastness, firmness. Unity means there is no hatred, there is no disorganization, but rather people are together. And steadfastness is that they are firm on the work that they are doing. They won't leave it and they won't run away from it. So when it comes to the battlefield, what does Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala like? That people when they are fighting, how should they be fighting together? Not that they are not listening to the leader. They should be listening to the leader. And secondly, they should be firm in the battlefield as well. Not that they get afraid and they run away. No, this is not something that Allah likes. So. The highest, the best type of jihad, in a way, is mentioned over here, which is of qital. But lesser than that, other than that, we can extract a big lesson from it. That when a person does something for the sake of Allah, how should he do it? Alone, individually, while he is cut off from others? No. How should he do it? With other people. That whoever you are working with, be. United with them, stay with them, communicate with them. Don't take everything in your hands, because if you take everything in your hands, what is it going to spread? Ill feelings amongst people. And at the end of the day, can you do something individually by yourself? No, you cannot. Alone, a person can only do a little bit, but when he has the assistance of other people, then he can accomplish much more. So, first of all, how should our work be? We should be doing it together, in a united way. And secondly, that in our work should also be stability and steadfastness. Not that we start one thing one day and then we leave it tomorrow. No. So in Allah, yuhibbul ladina yuqatiluna fi sabilihi sofan kaanhum bunyanu marsus. And remember that when a people are working together, there will always be differences. But for the greater good, what do you have to do? Give up. Just like Jafar رضي الله he gave up, he accepted the decision of the Prophet Even though it was very difficult for him, but he accepted it. Because when you give up, when your right go, when you accept the decision of the leader, then there is inshallah khair in that. There is benefit in that. And for the sake of being united, we have to sacrifice a lot. Because if you think about it, on little little things, people do differ from one another. But just because you differ from somebody doesn't mean you cut off from them. Doesn't mean you don't work with them. Doesn't mean you don't sit with them. No. If everybody starts doing that, then nothing will function in this world. Nothing at all. So what does Allah like when people are together, safan in rows, not in the form of a mob, a crowd, a disorganized group? No, Allah likes people to form rows, and in order to form rows, what do you have to do? Give up your ego as well. You have to move from your place, suffer some inconvenience, go and sit somewhere else, stand somewhere else. You could be very comfortable at the back. You could be very comfortable on the side, but when you have to form rows, when you have to work together with other people, 
then what do you have to do? Bear some difficulty. But that's what Allah likes. And if a person's focus becomes a pleasure of Allah, then everything becomes easy. So this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likes, that الَّذِينَ يُقَاتِلُونَ فِي سَبِيلِهِ صَفًّا كَأَنَّهُمْ بُنْيَانٌ مَرْصُوصٌ if you think about it, the angels, how do they worship Allah? In rows, وَإِنَّا لَنَحْنُ الصَّافُونَ That they also do ibadah how? In saf. And we have been told to do the same as well. That when we pray, how are we to pray together? In straight rows. And if you think about it, five times a day, people are made to practice this. Especially the men, on whom is an obligation to pray in the jama'ah. So, when they pray together, what are they practicing? Unity. This is something that Allah is making us practice every single day, five times a day, because it should reflect in every aspect of our lives as well. وَإِذْ قَالَ مُوسَى لِقَوْمِهِ And mention when Musa salam said to his people, who were his people? The Bani Israel. What did he say to them? Ya qawmi, O my people, lima tu'dunani, why do you hurt me? Why do you hurt me? Just imagine, why would you say something like this to someone when they've hurt you? A lot. That's when you would eventually say this to someone, why are you hurting me? Why do you hate me? Lima tu'dunani, why do you hurt me? وَقَدْ تَعْلَمُونَ While you know that أَنِّي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ إِلَيْكُمْ That indeed I am the messenger of Allah to you. And when you know that I am the messenger of Allah to you, then is this how messengers of Allah should be treated? No. The messenger of Allah is to be respected, not hurt and harassed and disobeyed. لِمَا تُؤْذُونَنِي وَقَدْ تَعْلَمُونَ أَنِّي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ إِلَيْكُمْ how is it that the Bani Israel hurt Musa If you think about it, how can a person hurt their leader? Forget about Bani Israel, just think about it generally. How can a people hurt their leader? By disobeying the leader. This is extremely, extremely hurtful for the leader. That he is trying his best to give clear instructions to give proper instructions. And why is he giving the instructions? For the good of those whom he is leading. But if those instructions are not followed, then he gets hurt. Just think about it. You have, for example, a group of people whom you're teaching. For instance, little children. You're teaching. Has anyone experienced that? Teaching little children? I'm sure many of you have. Keeping them together. And you tell them, do this, don't do this, and they don't listen to you. Does it hurt you? Does it hurt you? Yes, of course it does. Ask any mother. When she tells her children to do something and the children don't listen, it hurts the mother a lot. So how is the leader hurt, first of all? Through disobedience. How else? How else can a people hurt their leader? By disrespecting him. By making fun of him whether it is by insulting him or by answering back or by yelling or by using inappropriate words. Similarly, false accusations. This also hurts the leader. That the leader is so sincere, he's so dedicated, he's trying his best. But the people, they say, look how lazy he is. Look, he's hiding something from us. 
this also hurts the leader. So Musa a.s. he said, لِمَ تُؤْذُونَنِي وَقَدْ تَعْلَمُونَ أَنِّي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ إِلَيْكُمْ Now how is it that the Bani Israel hurt Musa a.s.? How? Think about it. How did they hurt him? First of all, by worshipping the calf. Imagine Musa a.s. spent so much time in Egypt trying to save the Bani Israel. Just imagine how difficult it was for him to go in the court of Fir'aun. How difficult it was for him to compete with the magicians. When he saw all those sticks and ropes turning into snakes, he became afraid. Then how difficult for him it was to deal with all of the challenges in Egypt and then later on make the Bani Israel cross the sea. And when they cross the sea, he goes to get the Torah, he comes back. What are they doing? Worshipping the calf. Just imagine. How difficult it must have been for Musa a.s. Imagine you spend all your time doing something and while you're away for just a few days you come back and everything is finished everything is gone just think about it you clean the house you step out to get the groceries you come back it's a mess again is it going to hurt you? of course how else did they hurt Musa a.s. when Musa a.s. told the Bani Israel that let's go and fight the people of that town their response was فَذْهَبْ أَنْتَ وَرَبُّكَ فَقَاتِلَ إِنَّا هَاهُنَا قَاعِدُونَ In Surah Al-Ma'idah, Ayah 24, we learn about this. That how they said to him, You and your Lord go and fight, we're sitting right here. We're not going to listen to you. We're not coming to fight. How else did they hurt him? That when the 70 men were taken to the Mautur to witness the conversation between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Musa alayhi salam, what did they say? أَرِنَ اللَّهَ جَهْرَهَ Show us Allah openly. We want to see Allah. We're never going to believe in you until we see Allah. So what happened? They were thunderstruck. They were killed right there. They all fell unconscious. And Musa a.s. then he made dua for them. But imagine how difficult it must have been for him that what's wrong with my people? They hear yet they don't accept. Yet they disobey. Yet they say such things. How else did they hurt him? That Musa a.s. he was very shy. He was a very shy person. And shyness is a part of good character. The Prophet ﷺ said that Al-Haya'u khayrun kullu. Modesty, shyness is all good. So he was extremely shy, he was very modest, which is why he wouldn't bathe himself in front of other people. He would always go in privacy and then he would bathe himself. So the people said that he has some kind of physical defect, which is why he doesn't show his body to us. So this is how they hurt him as well. This was in a way mocking at him. That somebody is being mocked at because of their shyness. That's how also they hurt him. How else? When they were told to slaughter the cow, did they obey immediately? No. They kept asking questions, one after the other. Udu'u lana rabbak, udu'u lana rabbak. Call upon your Lord for us. And when he told them the first time that your Lord is telling you to slaughter a cow, what was their response? Atatakhiduna huzua? Are you joking with us? Imagine the messenger of Allah is giving a command and the reaction of the people is, Are you kidding? Are you joking with us? And what did he say? A'udhu billahi an akuna min al So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us the example of Musa alayhi salam. That وَإِذْ قَالَ مُوسَى لِقَوْمِهِ يَا قَوْمِ لِمَ تُؤْذُونَنِي وَقَدْ تَعْلَمُونَ أَنِّي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ إِلَيْكُمْ 
Why is this mentioned over here? If you think about it, the Bani Israel, they hurt their leader by disobeying him. Now, in the previous ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about what he likes. What does he like? When people form rows and they're working together with unity and also steadfastness. When can a people work in this way? When they have a leader. And when they listen to the leader. When they're obedient to the leader. If they don't listen to the leader, will they be united? No. If they don't follow the instructions, can they do their work for a long time? No. So what is it that brings people together? Keeping them firm on their work? Obedience to the leader. Obedience to the leader. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives the example of the Bani Israel over here that how instead of obeying the leader, instead of listening to him, what did they do? They followed their own desires. And they hurt their messenger. They hurt their leader in this way. So you don't be like them. Because فَلَمَّا زَاغُوا When they deviated. Who? The Bani Israel. أَزَاغَ اللَّهُ قُلُوبَهُمْ Allah also deviated their hearts. When they deviated, when they went astray, Allah also let their hearts go astray. What was the deviation of the Bani Israel? Disobeying the Messenger. Harming the Messenger. Because disobedience to the Messenger is what? Disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when they deviated, Allah also let their hearts deviate. وَاللَّهُ لَا يَهْدِ الْقَوْمَ الْفَاسِقِينَ And Allah does not guide those people who cross limits. If you think about it, the instructions of a messenger, the words of a messenger, they're not ordinary. They're very special, they're very important compared to the words of other people. And if the messenger is giving a command, what is the duty of the people? To listen to him, to obey him. But when people turn away from obedience to the messenger, then what happens? Allah turns their hearts away. Such people are not given the tawfiq to do amal anymore. To do good anymore. So we see that the Bani Israel, despite the fact that Musa was amongst them, Harun was amongst them, yet they were not given the tawfiq to do good. Why? Because of their own deviation. So many times, they were given great opportunities. For example, fight in the way of Allah. But did they avail that opportunity? No. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved them, rescued them, but yet they ended up committing shirk. So when a person disobeys the leader, disobeys the messenger, then what's the result? Deviation. The result is misguidance. So one is that people stay united. And the other is that they become disunited. Unity, steadfastness is a sign of being on right guidance. And disunity, instability, this is a sign of what? Being astray. Being misguided, being lost. This is why we make dua, Rabbana la tuzikurubana ba'da idhadaytana. That, O oh Allah, don't let our hearts deviate after you have guided us. So, falamma zaghu, azagh Allahu qulubahum. On the other hand, those people who are obedient, those people who accept the instructions that they're given, then what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do with them? Allah increases them in guidance. وَالَّذِينَ اهْتَدَوْا زَادَهُمْ هُدَى وَآتَاهُمْ تَقْوَاهُمْ 
In Surah Muhammad ayah 17, Allah says, those people who are guided, Allah increases them in guidance and gives them their righteousness. Now many times it happens that people are working together, but they cannot get anything done. They cannot really accomplish great things. Why is it so? It's the disunity. It's disrespect to the leader, not obeying the leader. Because when people don't obey the leader, then what happens? They cannot get anywhere. And when people follow the leader, then they get somewhere. We see when it comes to the dunya, if it comes to your job, the work that you're doing, if your boss gives you some instructions, you will follow them. Even if it means cleaning the floor, even if it means showing up early, going late, doing things that you don't like, doing things that you don't agree with, you will do it anyway. Why? Why do you think so? Because you have to keep your job. But when it comes to the deen, many times people say, oh, they don't know. This is how people view Muslim leaders. Whether it is in the form of an in charge or someone who is giving instructions or a teacher or anything. This is how people view Muslim leaders. That, oh, they don't deserve to be followed. But this is not the right way. If there is no barakah in our efforts, it's because there is no obedience to the leaders. There is no respect amongst us. In what circumstances are you allowed to disobey the leader when he tells you to do that which is against the Qur'an and Sunnah? But if you think about it over here, who was the leader? The messenger of Allah himself. Every command of his was to be followed. So when they did not follow, this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala deviated their hearts. فَلَمَّا زَاغُوا أَزَاغَ اللَّهُ قُلُوبَهُمْ وَاللَّهُ لَا يَهْدِ الْقَوْمَ الْفَاسِقِينَ And those people who cross limits, who are disobedient, Allah does not guide them. وَإِذْ قَالَ عِيسَى بْنُ مَرْيَمَ And now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives the example of Isa alayhi salam. And remember when Isa ibn Maryam, he said to who? Ya Bani Israel, O children of Israel, Inni Rasulullahi ilaykum. Indeed, I am the messenger of Allah to you. Because they did not believe in him. They did not accept him. What did he say then? Inni Rasulullahi ilaykum. I am the messenger of Allah to you. Musaddiqan lima bayna yadayya min at-tawrah. And I am one who confirms that which was before me of the Torah. Meaning, I confirm the Torah. I tell you that the Torah is true. You are to follow it. It is really from Allah. لِمَا بَيْنَ يَدَيَّ مِنَ التَّورَاتِ So I am first of all confirming that which came before. And secondly, وَمُبَشِّرًا And I am also here as a bearer of good news. To convey some good news to you. Which good news? بِرَسُولٍ Of a messenger. Which messenger? Yati min ba'di Who will come after me So I am here to confirm the Torah Telling you that you should follow it And secondly I am here to give you the good news Of a messenger who will come after me And when he will come What are you required to do? Believe in him and follow him And this messenger who will come after me Ismuhu Ahmad His name will be Ahmad which messenger is this? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Because of his names was also Ahmad. And Ahmad is from the root letters Hamim Dal. It's on the structure of Af'al. What does Hamd mean? To mention someone's good traits. To mention someone's good traits. And in particular, Hamd is for those traits, those qualities which one has acquired himself. Meaning, for which one has put in effort himself. Like for example, if a person is 
knowledgeable, if a person has good character, does it require effort on his part? Yes. Are you born with knowledge? No. Are you born with good character? Not necessarily. People, they are very good. They are very polite as children. But what happens to them when they grow older? They lose all their politeness. So, hamd is for those traits which are acquired. Or for those things that a person does by his choice. Meaning he deliberately does them. So, is this true praise? Yes, it is. Is it such praise that the person deserves it? Yes, it is. You know, for example, if a person says to another, Oh, you're so beautiful. Okay. Is there anything to do with them in making themselves beautiful? No. But if they say, This article that you've written is very good, then do they deserve praise for that? Yes. Isn't it so? So, this is the kind of praise that Hamd is. Ahmad is who? Ahmad is ism sifa mushabbaha. And it's understood as fa'il as well as maf'ul. So fa'il as in one who praises and maf'ul as in one who is praised. So ismuhu Ahmad. What do we see here? That Isa salam informed the people about the coming of the last messenger. And he informed the people of his coming in so much detail that he even gave them the name. That his name is going to be Ahmad. فَلَمَّا جَاءَهُمْ بِالْبَيِّنَاتِ But then when he came to them with clear signs. Who? Isa salam he came to the Bani Israel with clear signs. And what were the clear signs? The miracles that he performed. So many miracles he performed. قَالُوا هَذَا سِحْرُ مُبِينَ They said it is obvious magic. Meaning they did not believe in Isa salam The Bani Israel saw the truthfulness of Isa salam by the miracles that he showed them. But they did not accept him. Rather they said, this is all magic. Or, فَلَمَّا جَاءَهُمْ بِالْبَيِّنَاتِ It can also refer to Muhammad wasallam. That when he came to the people with the clear signs, clear signs, what does it refer to? Those signs which proved his truthfulness, whether it was the Qur'an. Or it was the fact that he was a musaddiq. A fact that his name was Muhammad, his name was Ahmad. As it was said earlier, what did the people say? This is just magic. There is no reality to it. So what do we see over here? That the Bani Israel, it is as though they had the same mentality throughout the centuries. Musa salam, when he came, what was their behavior with him? Of disobedience. Of hurting the messenger. Isa salam, when he came, how did they deal with him? Disbelief. Denial, rejection, calling what he did, the miracles that he performed, they called it magic. And when Muhammad wasallam came, how was their reaction? No different. Again, they completely disregarded him. They did not believe in him. Now in this side, there are a number of things that we can learn. First of all, we see that Isa he was sent to the Bani Israel only, and not to all of humanity. Because what did he say? Inni Rasulullahi ilaykum. I am the messenger of Allah to you. So he was sent as a messenger to who? Only the Bani Israel. Secondly, we see that Isa salam, who was he? The messenger of Allah. Because he said, Inni Rasulullah. He didn't say, I am the son of Allah. No. What did he say? I am the messenger of Allah. Then we see 
that he confirmed that which came before him and he also gave good news of what was to come after him so he came with a mission and what was that mission confirming that which was before so reminding the bani israel to follow the religion that they had been taught and secondly preparing them for the last messenger as well and we see that he specifically informed the people of the name of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam as well he specifically informed the people of the coming of muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam as well and we see that every single messenger every single messenger what did he do he gave the news of the coming of the last messenger to the people we learn in surah ali imran ayah 81 وَإِذْ أَخَذَ اللَّهُ مِثَاقَ النَّبِيِّينَ لَمَا آتَيْتُكُمْ مِنْ كِتَابٍ وَحِكْمَةٍ ثُمَّ جَاءَكُمْ رَسُولٌ مُصَدِّقٌ لِمَا مَعَكُمْ لَتُؤْمِنُنَّ بِهِ وَلَتَنْصُرُنَّهُ قَالَ أَأَقْرَرْتُمْ وَأَخَذْتُمْ عَلَى ذَلِكُمْ إِسْرِي قَالُوا أَقْرَرْنَا قَالَ فَاشْهَدُوا وَأَنَا مَعَكُمْ مِنَ الشَّاهِدِينَ That all of the prophets Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made them take a mithaq and what was that that when the last messenger of Allah comes they will support him And how are they to support the last messenger? By informing their people about him. So all of the prophets of Allah did that, and especially Isa a.s. did that. Because Isa a.s. was who? The second last messenger. After him there was a long gap, there was a huge gap, and finally Muhammad a.s. came. And who was he? The last messenger. And with regard to the name of the messenger a.s. Ahmad, We learn about a hadith in Bukhari. Jubayr ibn Mut'im, he said, I heard the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say, Inna li asma' That I have names. Ana Muhammad. Wa ana Ahmad. I am Muhammad and also Ahmad. Wa ana al-mahi. Al-mahi. Mahi is from mahu. And what does mahu mean? Yamhu Allahu ma yasha'u wa yuthbit. To erase. Right? So al-mahi through whom Allah will eliminate disbelief. الذي يمحو الله به الكفر وانا الحاشر ان اي ام الحاشر الذي يحشر الناس على قدمي who will be the first to be resurrected with the people being resurrected after him so he will be the first to be resurrected on the day of judgment وانا العاقب and i am also العاقب meaning there will be no prophet after me so the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam has several names amongst them is also Ahmad which is mentioned in the Quran and it's also mentioned in the sunnah in the hadith and this prophecy that Isa alayhi salam gave to the people of the coming of the last messenger this is mentioned in their scripture even in the gospel even it's mentioned in it however the people today they don't acknowledge that particular gospel why because if they acknowledge it if they believe in it that means they also have to believe in Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam For example in the Gospel of Barnabas in clear terms it is mentioned about how Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam will come his name is mentioned his signs are mentioned the illiterate messenger is also mentioned I remember once I was speaking to uh, this person who was a Christian and they had actually come to do dawa and um, a particular sect I don't remember which one he was off but anyway he was saying that this person who they follow in that sect of christianity he is the unlettered apostle and his description is mentioned in the gospel and he is the one whom we follow 
I said, how is it possible? It cannot be him because Rasul al-Ummi is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And you know, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was in fact an Ummi because that nation was what kind of nation? The Arab nation was the unlettered nation. So Rasul Ummi has to be from one of them, not anyone else. So it's not that they are unaware of the coming of an unlettered apostle, an unlettered messenger. However, over time, they have misinterpreted. They have said that so-and-so was, or they have said that this is figurative, this means something else. And as a result, they have completely disregarded the coming of Muhammad wasallam. However, this prophecy is mentioned in the Qur'an, it was given to them, and it's also mentioned in some of their Gospels. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَنْ أَظْلَمُ مِمَّنْ افْتَرَى عَلَى اللَّهِ And who is more unjust than one who invents about Allah untruth? Meaning, the one who invents a lie about Allah, that person is the most unjust. And what does it mean by fabricating a lie about Allah? That Allah has a child. That Allah has a son. Because this is what the Bani Israel did. Or rather, this is what the people did. Those who believed in Isa later on, this is what they did. They invented such things in their religion. Sometimes they would say that Isa is the son of Allah. Sometimes they would say that he is one of three. And sometimes they would say that he is in fact Allah. Na'udhu Billah. So one lie, but of many different types. So who is more unjust than such people? وَهُوَ يُدْعَى إِلَى الْإِسْلَامِ While he is being invited to Islam. While he is being invited to Tawheed. Meaning first of all, he has invented a huge lie about Allah. He doesn't have any evidence to support that. And secondly, it's not that the truth is unclear to him. He is being invited to the truth. Tawheed, the call to Tawheed is there. Yet, he believes that Allah has a child. Such a person is most unjust. Wallahu la yahdil And Allah does not guide the wrongdoing people. We see that the people of the book at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, they were openly invited to Islam. The Prophet ﷺ invited them to Islam. He invited the mushrikeen to Islam as well. But instead of believing in the messenger, instead of supporting the messenger, what did they do? They became arrogant and denied his prophethood completely. And remember that a type of lying against Allah is denying the messenger. Because a person is saying that no revelation has been sent to him, whereas in fact it has been sent to him. A person is saying that Allah has not revealed anything, whereas in fact Allah has revealed something. So over here, lying against Allah involves two things. First of all, ascribing a child to Allah. And secondly, denying the Prophet of Allah. This is also lying against Allah. Allah says, يُرِيدُونَ لِيُطْفِئُوا نُورَ اللَّهِ بِأَفْوَاهِهِمْ They want to extinguish the light of Allah with their mouths. يُطْفِئُوا طَافَ hamza. What does that mean? To extinguish, to blow out. So they want to put down, they want to extinguish the nur of Allah. What does the nur of Allah refer to? The guidance that He has sent. Light is what? Guidance. It shows you the way. So whether it is the Qur'an, or it is Islam, or it is Tawheed, they want to blow it out how? بِأَفْوَاهِهِمْ With their mouths. Like imagine 
you see a big fire, a big light, and you try to blow it with your mouth by blowing at it. Can you do it with your mouth? Only if the light is very small, only if the fire is very small. Like for example, if there is only one candle with only one flame, a very small one, okay, you can blow it out with your mouth. But if there are several candles, several, many of them, and if a person tries to blow them with his mouth, will he be successful? No. He has to blow many, many times. And in fact, it happens that if there is a fire which is huge and you blow at it, you're actually going to spread it more. You won't be able to extinguish it, but you'll be able to spread it. So they want to extinguish the light of Allah with their mouths. This is just like a person who is trying to extinguish the light of the sun with his mouth. Can he do it? Can he do it? No. Siraja Munira. The Prophet ﷺ is described as in the Quran. So can a person extinguish the light of the sun with his mouth? He cannot. He is being foolish if he tries to do that. So these people, the Bani Israel, the Ahlul Kitab, with their denial, with their adhering to the falsehood that they have invented, what do they want to do? Extinguish this religion of Allah. They want to extinguish the truth. They want to extinguish Islam. That by completely disacknowledging Muhammad wasallam, what are they doing? That this Islam does not carry any weight. It's not true at all. Because think about it. When Muslims say that we believe in Ibrahim salam, Musa salam, Isa salam, and Muhammad wasallam, automatically people wonder, okay, what do Christians say about them? What do Jews say about them? But when the Christians and Jews, they deny Muhammad wasallam, Islam as though is completely invalidated. Isn't it so? This is how other people view Islam. So by their disacknowledging Muhammad wasallam, what do they want to do? Extinguish the light of Allah. But what does Allah say? وَاللَّهُ مُتِمُّ نُورِهِ But Allah will complete and perfect His light وَلَوْ كَرِهَ الْكَافِرُونَ Even if the disbelievers dislike it. Even if they don't want. But Allah will perfect His light. Allah will perfect His religion. He will manifest it. We see that the Yahud lived in Medina. But still they did not believe in Muhammad wasallam, And they didn't believe in him. They didn't support him. Thinking that very soon all of this will be over. But was it over? No. Because وَاللَّهُ مُتِمُّ نُورِهِ وَلَوْ كَرِهَ الْكَافِرُونَ Allah is going to complete and perfect His light. Mutim From itmam. And what does itmam mean? To complete and perfect something. So that it doesn't have any naqs left in it. And to perfect it, complete it in every way. In quantity. In its term as well. In the length of time as well. So whatever it is, complete it, perfect it in every way. So that nothing is left incomplete. So Allah will perfect His light walau karihal kafirun. And we see that this truth that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent, from the beginning people have opposed it. From the beginning, people have tried to extinguish it. When the Prophet ﷺ did da'wah initially in Makkah, he invited his family members and he sat them all down and he invited them and he invited them personally as well, by name as well. He called out to them and he ended with his daughter that, O Fatima, ask whatever you want of my wealth, I cannot help you against Allah. Meaning, if you don't believe, I cannot save you. So he invited every single one of them by name, his close family members. 
And amongst them were also his distant relatives. What was the reaction of Abu Lahab? He said, hold him right away. You know, stop him immediately. Stop him immediately. Don't let him spread this message outside of the family. Because if he will do that, then what's going to happen? We are going to be humiliated. So imagine from the very beginning, there were people who were trying to extinguish that light. The Prophet ﷺ would go around calling people and Abu Lahab would follow him. He would follow him saying, don't listen to him. Just imagine the kind of opposition that this religion of Allah has faced from the very beginning. There have been so many attempts. But with all of those attempts, people have never been successful in extinguishing the light of Islam. With their blowing, in fact, they have spread it more. With their false propaganda, in fact, they have invited more people. And if you think about it in recent times, people who had no idea about what Islam is, who Muslims are, all of a sudden they're interested, they're curious. Because of the recent events, so many Qur'an copies have actually been ordered through Amazon and so on and so forth. Why? Because people are more curious now. So they try to extinguish the light, but in fact, with their blowing, it's spreading. So the same thing happened at the time of the Prophet ﷺ as well. That, you know, when people would come to Makkah, they would be warned, don't listen to him. They would say, who is he? And what is he saying after all? So they would actually go and listen. So, وَاللَّهُ مُتِمُّ نُورِهِ وَلَوْ كَرِهَ الْكَافِرُونَ Why do you think this is mentioned over here? At the beginning of the surah, what did we learn? What does Allah like? That people should be in rows, striving for his deen, working together, being steadfast, now when you're working together and when you are working for a mission such as this you always have this fear what if there are no results but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guarantees the results He is going to perfect His light even if people don't like it because هُوَ الَّذِي أَرْسَلَ رَسُولَهُ بِالْهُدَى it is He who has sent His messenger with guidance وَدِينِ الْحَقِّ and the religion of truth Allah has sent His messenger with guidance and Deen al-Haq, the true religion, the right religion. Why? Just so that people accept it and live their personal lives according to it? No. لِيُظْهِرَهُ عَلَى الدِّينِ كُلِّهِ Allah has sent this truth, this religion, this guidance, so that He can make it manifest over every other religion. لِيُظْهِرَهُ عَلَى الدِّينِ كُلِّهِ This is why Allah sent this truth. To make it manifest over every other religion. And what does it mean by making it manifest? Or by making it zahir? Zahir over here gives us two meanings. First of all, by making it manifest so that it is seen, it is known, it is not hidden away. Because this is what people try to do. They try to hide it. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to make it zahir. And if you think about it, Muslims also, they are ashamed of their religion. They are embarrassed of their Qur'an. But Allah has sent this Qur'an not so that it is hidden, but so that it becomes zahir. It becomes manifest. It is exposed. No matter how much you try to hide it, no matter how much you try to conceal it, Allah is going to expose it. And secondly, zahir also gives the meaning of making it prevail, making it victorious over every other religion. وَلَوْ كَرِهَ الْمُشْرِكُونَ Even if the mushrikun, those who associate partners with Allah, they dislike it. In the previous ayah, specifically, who was mentioned? وَلَوْ كَرِهَ الْكَافِرُونَ And over here, وَلَوْ كَرِهَ الْمُشْرِكُونَ 
So whoever dislikes Islam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not care about his dislike. No, Allah will make his religion manifest. We listen to the recitation. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Sabbaha lillahi ma fis samawati wa ma fil ardi wa huwa al-azizul hakim Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu lima taquluna ma la taf'alun Kabura maqtan indallahi antaqulu ma la taf'alun